Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're going to go into our conversation for the day. Uh, she is the founder of uh, Mental and Environmental Development Initiative for Children, the Medic, a non-profit organization, uh, which is uh, focused uh, on in inculcating environmental and social values for uh, development, as well as uh, many other things. She's one of the selected goalkeepers at a recent gathering of like minds hosted by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, she's an entrepreneur, a fellow of the Royal African Young Leadership Forum. And um, she also birthed the Kids Clean uh, Club and the Kids Beach Garden. Doing Sola Ogunye is with us live in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. When did you discover your zeal and your passion for, you know, um, what you do uh, to save Lagos beaches uh, and the environment at large? You know, It started a long time ago, not too long, about 11 years ago now. And um, when I started, we moved from a particular part of Lagos State to another part of Lagos State, which was not as clean as where I was staying. And I said to myself, oh, what can I do about it? You know, there's so many children running around. There's so many people that just didn't care about the environment. You know, so I reached out to a few adults and nobody took it seriously. And I was still in school. I was in university then. Nobody took it seriously. So I said, okay, let me talk to the kids. And I started to play games with them, you know, environmental friendly games with them. And they were so interested in it. And from there, we started doing more activities. We started going to schools. We started going to churches. And we started recycling and started tree planting. And, and it just blew up from there. Fantastic. Um, how have you managed, you know, the volunteer uh, beach cleaning and tree planting programs, especially, you know, during the lockdown period? Okay, um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a lockdown, especially when nobody was allowed to move around. But um, I live very close to the ocean, so from time to time, I would go to the beach to see what was going on. And I realized that in that period of total lockdown, the beaches were clean. I had never seen it so clean after mm. two weeks. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sight. And um, because we had to focus on you know, 
getting people, palliatives, especially people in the coastal communities in Ibejuleki. So we focused on, you know, raising funding to, um, to give them food, to give them water and things that they would need during that period. However, we still reached out to people, you know, um, for our tree adoption program. We, we have a lot of trees on the beach, but um, because of the lockdown, we're not allowed to go there. So we encourage people to, you know, to support us while we use the funding to, you know, continue to pay salaries, to get water, to get manure and things like that for the plants. What are some of the strangest things that you've seen washed up ashore or that you've seen people through, you know, or that you've had to clean up um, during your, you know, beach cleaning exercises? Wow. Yeah, we call them interesting finds every time we see, well, every time we see something interesting, like the first question is, how did this get here? You know, we'll see things like dolls for kids. We'll see syringes. We'll see um, candles. We know how they get there anyway. Candles <laughs> and fruits and um, calabashes and so many things like that. We have to clean. We'll see clothes. We'll see underwear. A lot of underwear, a lot of clothes. Um, Masset stencils. We see that as well on, on the shoreline. So many things. The list is endless. So many things. But when you see Massets on the beach. The question is, how did this get here? It's very, it's very interesting. Really interesting. Have you ever found uh, a stranded animal washed ashore? Well, we've seen we've seen dead turtles washed ashore. Wow. Um, very sadly. Very sad. Yes, we've seen um, poker fish washed. This, you know, I don't know if you watch all those cartoons that mm-hmm. it just blows, blows up. up. Yes, yes, yes. We, we've seen that washed ashore. I've seen is it an electric eel or snake like animal it's I've seen starfish I've seen um jellyfish as well on our shorelines how far has your conversation with government gone you know to protect poaching I'm um, to be very honest it hasn't gone really far and um it's quite shameful that a lot of things like this is still happening in 2020, you know, in places like Victoria Island, you know, Ikoi, you know, Lekki Phase 1 and the like. And, you, and you'd expect that there'll be more engagement, it being a kind exactly. of elitist, you know, exactly. uh, environment. Exactly. Knowing that this is an international crime, you know, you can't, you can't um, have something like that go on and people just not do anything about it or just say it would, nothing is wrong. It's It's almost... Synonymous of, oh, if somebody is stealing a bag in front of you, if somebody is killing somebody else in front of you, are you just going to say, oh, I don't know anything about it? You know, especially when it happens consistently. You know, there's been a lot of people, especially the expatriate community in Nigeria, they've been very, very, very passionate about, you know, protecting these animals, especially the turtles, because they are critically endangered right now. What are so, what, you know, what some of the strangest things you've had people say to you when you approach them, you know, for help or, you know, to try and educate them or engage them, you know, in a cleanup exercise? Well, the regular one is, now my papa get the land, is my father's <laughs> land. That's usually, that's usually what I get all the time, you know, when I reach out to people. You know, you hear things like, oh, let the government do it, you know. But my response is always, it's not the government that littered, mm-hmm. you know. It's people like me and you. 
it's not the animals that littered it's people like me and you so definitely people like me and you should actually write that wrong hmm. and you know it, it's something that um, a, a lot of people it, it's a cycle and um, I guess a lot of people are not getting it should we have more formal learning or education of these issues um, in our school system do you think Yes, but more importantly, I think people should start to change their mindsets concerning some things that have to do with the environment because we live here and um, we need to keep it in the best possible you know, shape for children that would come after us, right? And the truth is, whatever you see in your waterways, whatever you see on the streets and the drainages is the reflection of the kind of people that live there. So um, shout out to everybody that lives in Lekki because I live in, in that area as well. But it is really dirty. You know, you come out of the house, you see block drainages, you see people not recycling. You know, we need to do something about it. You know, even if you can't come out and physically do it. But when people are doing it, encourage, encourage them. You know, let people know that we are not dirty people. You know, we're not people that condone, you know, pollution and things like that. So even if it's taught in schools, it needs to be enforced at home. You know, schools shouldn't just do the teaching and leave the practical for somebody else to do. They should encourage the children to come out to do stuff, to recycle, to upcycle, to start composting and things like that. You know, growing up, I'm, the school I went to, we used to plant seeds you know, and watch it grow. And it did something to me growing up because you are responsible for something, you know, no matter how little, you know. So I think we need to encourage the children to take more responsibility. Hmm. So um, plastic waste is a huge problem. Kenya, um, uh, I think they banned the use of um, nylon bags and, you know, Departmental stores now have to pack stuff in paper bags. Yes. Why are we not adopting that model, do you think? Um, I would say that, um, first of all, it all comes back to the mindset. You know, a lot of people like to do everything in convenience, you know, convenience stores, you know, convenient packaging. You know, when people have parties now, they use disposables, you know, because before plastic came, we were using glass bottles when we had our parties, but now everybody wants to be, you know, this is basically a disposable generation right mm. now. So that means it makes it a bit difficult because if you put in a law and people are not ready to actually, you know, follow that process, it's almost still made because I also heard that even in Kenya, people still str- smuggle it in from Uganda and the like. That's, that's the plastic. Mm nylon bags and things like that you know so i would say that the first things first we need to start changing our mindset you know there's the three r's reduce reuse recycle you know first thing you need to do is to reduce your waste you know by changing you know um by changing your lifestyle just a little bit like if you're going to the store you can decide to take a bag with you you know if you're not picking up one or two things if you're not picking up more not more than one or two things you can actually 
hold it and leave the store you don't need bags but sometimes when people go to the store they need like five bags oh i want to use it to dispose my waste oh i want to use it for this oh give me more give me more give me more you know people just want more of things even if they're not going to use it for anything you know so so i think we need to start retracing our steps that way and also continue to talk to you know the producers of these um the manufacturers rather of this product to start to you know, to call them back because it's too much. You know, Lagos has a population of 22 million and counting people. Depending on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. Yeah, so, so we need to start recalling these things. We need to start, you know, telling each other, especially in our smaller communities, to stop these things. I have actually banned single-use plastic in my house. I banned it in my place of work you know and and right now people in my place of work are now reducing the amount of plastic they consume the amount of waste generally they consume they're recycling all of it and they're also taking that culture and that system to their homes as well for a state like lagos and the amount of uh, plastic wastes that we consume surely we do not have enough recycling points or plants at all and it can be quite capital intensive you know setting one of these things up yes is that the only drawback or is it that they just do not know okay first of all lagos has a lot of people lagos has a lot of waste so it would it should attract investors to just come in and and you know start to work here but there are a lot of um, hiccups here and there the major one is is the pickups of of these um recyclable materials around the state you know we already have a lot of traffic we already have bad roads and then we have so many people on the road asking for oh which papers do you have for this which papers do you have for that and then most of the time these drivers are are challenged you know they have sometimes you know when they want to go into a particular community they are being harassed and, and things like that you know so there are a lot of hiccups in that regard and then you know the issue of power as well you have to generate your power if you're going to do you know proper recycling here which is also very expensive as well so looking at all these things and more because if i start talking about the challenges of, of recycling we might not live here today but you know looking at all these things it makes people you know take a step back you know and wait for the government to do a few more things you know to make it a soft landing for entrepreneurs, you know, for startups, especially people in the recycling sector, because most people here are passionate about the the environment. So sometimes they look at, they continue with their passion, and you know, and they forget the entrepreneurial part of it. And then there's like a, you know, what you're between the devil and the deep blue sea, because you want to continue, but everything around you is telling you to stop, but you can't stop, so you have to continue. Well, um, someone. Uh, one said to me that uh, you know the emergence or the starting point uh, for all of this was the sachetization of Lagos with sachet water and all of that. I won't say it's about the sachetization, like you <laughs> called it, of of you know of the bags, but um, I would say it's, plastic is not the problem. It's the use of plastic, the abuse of plastic, the misuse of plastic that is the problem, especially single-use plastic, you know. So we need to start to draw ourselves back to 
do we need this in the first place? You know, can we do without it? Will it be a bit uncomfortable for us to live without this? The answer is yes, it will be, but at what cost? I will give you an example. Somebody reached out to me. He has a series of boots. And then he was very, very interested in cleaning the waterways. And I said, why are you interested in cleaning the waterways? Like, what he said to me that a single nylon bag, especially those black ones, once it gets into the engine of the boats, mm. it destroys it. He has spent over five million naira mm. fixing his boat engines, boat engines because of a piece of plastic. So he's looking at how to get it out of the ocean, out of the waters, because it's destroying his business. The same thing with the dredges as well. Just one piece can destroy the entire dredging machine. So it's not just about the environment now. It's about businesses that even, you know, that that want to grow, but because of these things, it's killing, it's killing businesses, it's killing animals, it's killing the environment, and it's killing us. So at what cost? So if I tell you that, and I tell you to take a reusable bag to the supermarket, would you not rather just take a, um, a reusable bag than allow so much plastic get into the oceans, get into the streets, get into the waterways as well? Another one that really hurt me because I love animals a lot, um, the horse riders on the beach. I, I am on the beach a lot as well. And um, I had one of my horse riders that trained me how to ride horses. He had three horses. And after after the COVID lockdown, I reached out to him. I was okay, where are the horses? And he was like, two are dead. And I was like, what happened? He said that they ate plastic bags. Oh. And it really, really hurt me because it could have been avoided. Oh. Wow. So let's talk about the Mental and Environmental Development Initiative uh, for Children. The name Medic actually came up. I was talking to a mentor and a lawyer friend, and we're trying to get the NGO registered in 2009. And we're just always coming back with, no, you can't register this name. You can't register this name. You can't register this name. It took about two months, and we're still at that point. So he said to me, what are the three things that come to mind when you think about your vision, your dream? And I said, mental development of children, environmental development of children as well. Let them understand how they can do one or two things for the environment because they can make the laws, they can vote, but the little things they can do mm. to protect their environment. I think I, I want them to be able to do that so that when they grow, they know that they they have done this in the past and they can do this in the future as well. So that was how the name came about and everything I have been doing, all the initiatives from the Kids Clean Club, the Kids Beach Garden, the Tire Playground, you know, Project Help, and every other initiative that helps with the mental development and environmental development. Basically, that's all we do. And um, what you've been doing has caught the attention of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And yeah. uh, what has that reception been? You know, how has the experience been, you know, working with that foundation and, you know, with some of the interactions, you know, with that foundation? Well, I would say it's... It's a life-changing experience. How did I get on the Bill and Get Melinda Gates Foundation? Was basically uh, we rescued a turtle, one of the biggest and most critical, one of the biggest and critically endangered turtles. That's the leatherback turtle. Hmm. It was brought to us at the Kids Beach Garden. It took a while to release it, but we eventually released it. There were about fifty-four men telling me that I needed to pay about five million naira for it and eventually we were able to negotiate after like three to four hours and we let it go. 
you know, so he got, he made the media rounds, you know. He, well, they wanted to buy it for five million? They wanted me to buy it. They had captured, captured it. Captured it, yes. Okay. And they were familiar with the fact that I would always go around, you know, Lagos trying to get turtles and everything. So they just thought, oh, okay, we have hit a big, big one. She's one. going to pay for it and things like that. So they came with that expectation and I told them, see, I don't have any money. Just release it. And, um, it made the rounds. It made, it went viral, viral. And somebody from the Bill and Melinda Gates, um, foundation saw it and, um, she decided to nominate me to be on that platform because in, in Lagos states, um, there are not so many people that work with, um, goal number 14. That's, um, life below water. And I was doing a lot. I am still doing a lot. So that, that's basically how I was recognized. And then I was, you know, I went to South Africa. We had, um, I, I saw so many other people around the world doing things, doing amazing things. Older people, younger people, you know, equally passionate about what, and it basically changed my mindset because I was just like, you know, when you're like, oh, you thought, you thought you're the only one doing, one doing, and then you see other people, other ideas. It's just beautiful. And then we went to um, another one in New York and, you know, met more people as well, exposed to different things, learning different things. You know, it's, it's beautiful. And when you see someone that has a giving heart, not too many people give. Not too many people give of their time, give of their money, give of their skill. But when you see people give, I think you just have to respect them for that first before anything else. So I, I try as much as possible to shy away from negativity or anything anybody says. But if you're not a giving person, when you see people give, you need to respect them. Fantastic. And um, uh, on a final note, what would you want to have achieved when someone you know, is speaking about what you are doing? What would you want them to have known or have picked up about the cleanup work that you're doing, the entire organization, and what they can take away from your organization? I want us to be known as um, the game changers basically people that disrupted the entire waste management system table shakers yes yes we we need to shake we need to actually break that break table, that table. We, we, was need to, we need to, to break that. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to break that table and and the reason i'm saying that is when i started you know the beach cleanups in 2015 i called it the kids beach garden because i wanted children to learn these things at a very early age and you know i don't know if it's i don't know if you know this but a lot of people don't like to take kids to the beach because oh they will drown oh the beach is this oh so many myths and everything so it took us three years to break that paradigm you know and now we're really excited because the kids actually say mommy i want to go and clean the beach you know before it was it never happened but now the kids are every last saturday of the month that's before the COVID era. Every last Saturday of the month, you get the kids calling, oh, we want to come, we want to clean. And then they come, they come with their rakes and everything. And it's very, very beautiful to see, you know. So at every time, I want to be able to to go back to the board and say, okay, this is why we started and this is what we're doing. And then we're definitely going to change the mindsets of people.